Thank you, Kobe. It was a great lead-in to, uh, to our seat of the church address today. We are um, fixing to dive into uh, uh, kind of a family meeting, which uh, I'll do all the talking at first, but then at the end I want to be able to address any questions that, that you might have regarding uh, this year, some of the transitions that are going on and changes that are happening. I know Will addressed some of them last week, and I appreciate that, Will. Thank you for uh, answering uh, for the church some of the questions that had been asked privately, and, uh, and thank you for asking questions, church, about things so we can get those things out in the open and get them where people can understand what's going on. And, and, uh, and then t- today, if, if, regardless of whether questions are asked or not, I'm also going to just uh, share some things with you that might give some light to some of the questions that you have, so maybe you won't have any questions when we're done, and that'd be okay, too. I'm not uh, expecting everyone to ask questions, but uh, I want you to know that everything that we, that we do at the Gavin Place always has been and continually will be uh, wide open for congregation to understand and to work through and uh, particularly since we're, we're going to have a vote next week, a couple of votes next week of affirmation. Uh, votes at the gathering place are affirmation of the elders' leadership. So the elders have been pursuing, praying, seeking the Lord about uh, the direction of our church, and we have very specific words from God related to the things that we're doing. And so uh, we take that seriously and hope that you will take that seriously as well, that this doesn't become a, um, I feel this way and so I want to voice my opinion because I want to have a say, uh, but, but rather I've been seeking the Lord and God's given me a word and uh, I believe that the elders might be off on some, uh, in some area, which we invite and certainly know that even though uh, this, this is a biblical way of doing leadership in church that uh, it can happen where a group of men who are pursuing God and uh, can get in the flesh and move the wrong direction. So, uh, but, but that's what you are saying when you come to the elders and say, you know, in, in, with an understanding that you have prayed and sought the Lord and are moving in this direction, that we have, uh, we have Scripture and the Spirit speaking to us in a different way. And so we'll deal with that. Uh, matter of fact, we've already... Uh, just in anticipation of some questions regarding the budget, uh, postpone our vote on that and on Will uh, for next week. Uh, and also the circumstances have just led, led for that to happen. So we believe that's from the Lord. So we want you to get your questions answered. You are more than welcome to meet with me. I have plenty of time to make that happen. We'll make time for you one-on-one if you'd like to ask your questions privately. And any of the elders will also be available. Uh, my, their schedule is not as open as mine, but uh, mine is definitely open for us to, to deal with any questions you might have. Uh, so a couple of weeks ago, I spoke out of Colossians chapter 3, a passage that I really believe the Lord is, was using to help us to transition and uh, mentioned to you guys how, how much I appreciate and am thankful for what, uh, what God has been doing in your life and through you and how God has been moving uh, in the congregation, how much you've been supportive of that and moved for, forward with us. Uh, also just, uh, you know, gave us a, a, the same prayer that Paul prayed for the Colossian church is the prayer that I'm praying for you. And the, the song, this, the last song this morning, Lord, I, I want to yearn for you. I want to burn with passion for only you. Uh, you know, I love that, that phrase that talks about, uh, you know, if I, can, if I can know you and have a relationship with you and see you, why am I so concerned about uh, how I'm bringing grain? You know, what, am I, what I'm doing, uh, you know, where the sacrifices of Israel at one point were, uh, were stenched in the nostrils of God because they were bringing grain and acting like that mattered. And they were not coming to God and not wanting to know God. Uh, everything for us has always been about us coming to know God by experience through obedience, right? Y'all with me? And so nothing's changing here in regard to that. Uh, I, I want to give you just a little bit of history. Some of you may not know, but as we talk about this year, I want to put it in the context of history. So a couple of the things that, one of the things that, well, really the most significant thing that I want you to know is that, that the gathering place when we began it began out of the frustration of uh, some people in a, in a local church here who were str- struggling, uh, were going through experiencing God together, which is uh, it's, it's, uh, 
very similar to the abiding cycle. It's coming to know God by experience through obedience. And the transition that was happening in the lives of, of the people in that group, we were thinking, man, what would it be like if we had a church and that's all we did? Is we just pursued God. We asked God what to do and, and the slate was clean and we, we didn't automatically assume that we're going to have uh, anything that churches have. Whatever it is. Now, I know that a lot of what churches have are biblical, okay? So, but, but what if we just said to God, God, nothing is sacred except what you tell us to do. I mean, Israel would have been in a good place if they had done that. If they just said, okay, God, all this stuff that we've been doing that the priests have been telling us to do and, and all the, the, the religious rituals that, and the ways that they've been teaching it, nothing's sacred. Tell us again what it is you want us to do. They would have been in good shape had they done that. They never did that. Uh, but we have the Holy Spirit living inside of us. We have the ability. We have the word. We can read it for ourselves. We have the ability to, to understand what God wants us to do. So we started from scratch. The church at the time was called Harvest, and, uh, and, and we, we launched out uh, of that church. We were blessed by that church. Pastor of that church laid his hands on us and sent us out as a mission of that church. Uh, and so we, we started Harvest, was what the name of the church was initially. But our whole goal was the same goal that we, that we have today. It was to hear God's voice and do what he says. That our church would just be that. It would be nothing else but a reflection of what God speaks into a body or community. Y'all with me? Right, that was our beginning. And it was, it was out of hearts that were hungry for that. Only a few of those people are still with us. Uh, Aaron Slater was one of the ones in that life group. Aaron, in his, his, uh, Aaron and Aaron. Uh, Talitha was there. Jeff and Mandy were there. Uh, who else? Anybody else was in there? Carrie, my man Carrie back there. It's hard to believe you're that old, man. That was a long time ago. So just a few of us that were a part of that initial group. And then we, we, God spoke for us to unite with Donahue Family Church, and we did that. And that was a, a, a tough experience for us because the vision was different than our vision. And, and in the midst of that, some, most of you know, or many of you know, the struggles that we had there. Uh, but God kept us there for four years, and I think most of that was, if not for everyone else, who was a part of that group for me, it was a molding time of God removing pride and agendas. And because what Donahue was, it, it, this, this grow it big mentality and, and, uh, and, and spend a lot of money, and you know, it was totally different than what God had been speaking uh, into my life. And yet I, I got into it, and he wanted to show me what it was. And so that was just a way of just purifying the motives that God had for this church and refining us and getting pride out and making us be dependent upon him. I feel like it was my 40 years in the wilderness that Moses had to do when he was a prince and then God said, no, you're going to be a shepherd until you can realize you, you, you have nothing to offer. And Moses got there and so did I. So we came out of that and it was nine months after uh, everything happened at Donahue that I was asked by Donahue to be the pastor. And so we went there and immediately God spoke what the vision was, again, and it was the same vision that he spoke when we started Harvest. And he spoke it through the, the story of the Israelites when they were crossing the Jordan River. Um, and, and this passage has come up in ma every major change that we've made. Y'all will remember us. Uh, let me read the passage to you. All right, so it came up in my quiet time about two weeks ago, I think it was. Anyway, I've got it, I've got it listed here. Uh, a number of things that God spoke and how he spoke it. But this is one of the things that God used to confirm the fact that this change needs to happen. Is every time we come to a place of change as a church, God has brought this passage back up. And not brought it up like I went and looked. And, what was that passage again? Like, I'm not looking for it. It comes up in a quiet time. And, and here it was. It came up in, in Deuteronomy. Uh, Deuteronomy chapter 6, verses 1 through 9. So there, this is Joshua fixing to take the, people, the Israelites into the promised land. And uh, this is what God tells Joshua to tell the people. Now, this is the commandment, the statutes and the rules that the Lord your God commanded each, uh, me to teach you, that you may do them in the land which, uh, it, to which you are crossing over to possess it, that you may fear the Lord your God, which means respect, right, in the sense of awe and wonder that causes us to respect him and respect his leadership and what he says and speaks. Uh, you and your sons, uh, you and your son and your son's son by keeping, keeping all his statutes and commandments, which I command you all the days of your life, and that your days may be long. Hear, therefore, Israel, and be careful to do them, that it may go well with you, 
and that you may multiply, be, uh, may multiply greatly as the Lord, the God of your fathers, has promised you in the land flowing with milk and honey. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, is, the Lord is one. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your might. And these words that I command you today shall be on your heart. You shall teach them diligently to your children. And you shall talk of them when you sit in your house and when you walk by the way and when you lie down and when you rise. You shall bind them as a sign on your hand, and they shall be as the frontlets between your eyes. You shall write them on the doorposts of your house and on your gates. All right, so that passage is continually comes up, and here's the word that God has had for us. Y'all, those of you that have been with us, which is not a lot of you, a lot of the people that were with us initially are, are at Wardville as well and, and dispersed in different places. But you'll remember that when I, when I was called to be the pastor at Donahue, when we, our first sermon was out of this text, and we, we handed out stones to everybody, and we, we said this is our, you know, because what happened when they crossed the Jordan River is they laid down a stone to remember that God made a promise to them, and this would be the remembrance of them crossing the Jordan River into the land of promise. And the land of promise is a place where Israel would obey God's commands and God would bless them tremendously. Now, it didn't end up being that, right? Because they wouldn't obey God's commands. But that was the promise as they crossed the Jordan River. If you'll obey my commands, then I will bless you. You know, the abiding cycle taught us as we went through the abiding in the passages in John through that study. God showed us that Abiding in him means obeying him, and when we obey him, then he reveals himself to us, and that is the blessing. The biggest blessing is the, the revelation of God's activity in our life and what we see about him when he does that, and it's always been the blessing for this church. It's always been what we're about. Now, I don't know where you have gone through the years in your mind and your heart. Hopefully, your heart is still on that. Lord, I yearn for you. I, I burn with passion over you. I want you more than anything else. I don't want to know all this other, you know, it's not about what we do or how we do it. It's about knowing God ultimately. And what we do and how we do it is only important in the, in the sense that it reveals, it allows God to reveal himself by his sovereign plan, not because we control that in any way. God said, Jesus said, if you obey my commandments, I will love you and manifest myself to you, reveal myself to you. And we know that that has been the history of God's work with man. Ever since the beginning of time, God's been doing that, revealing himself through the patriarchs, through the prophets, through the kings, all the way through the Old Testament. Uh, and, and speaks about Jesus and ultimately reveals himself perfectly in Christ. And now he wants to do that through us. And so we, we embrace that. When we, when we came to this place, when we left uh, Donahue, or when we went to, to Tioga, God brought the passage up again. We we renewed our vows by bringing those stones again to Tioga, grabbing a stone, and those who were added to our number put the stones on the altar. When we started the Gavin Place West, those of you that were with us, we met in a little building in Aaron's uh, office space, and we laid those stones down again because God brought the passage up again. And here it is again, just a few weeks ago, God brought that passage up again. That's not by accident. God wants us to know nothing has changed historically with the gathering Place. His goal hasn't changed. His purpose for us, his desire for us hasn't changed. We are still doing what we were doing 18 or so years ago when, when we started Harvest, the same goal. We've, we have gotten better at it. <laughs> Some of us have, right? Because we've walked in it long enough that we understand all the dynamics of what happens when you start just trying to understand the will of God and obey what he says and, and how we get the flesh out of that and how do we work through that as, as believers and just what does it mean to be a disciple who pursues passionate for God and pursuing him? And so all that's been working itself out. And so this is, this is no different. Here we are again at the same place. You know, year after year we do a state of the church address. What, all I do in the state of the church address is just remind us, really, that this has been a year where we've, we have heard from God and we have words from God and things to obey and we need to pursue those things. We need to continue to move forward in what God says. There's no difference in agenda. Y'all with me? Okay, thank you, Jay, uh, Asher. Uh, please focus, okay, today. This is big for us. We need, to, we need to understand, you need to understand how this fits in the history of the gathering place. This is a history that God has written. He's written it from scratch. 
It's been a beautiful time. We've, we've loved every second of ministry that we've done together at the gathering place. And we look forward to this year because of all the things that God has spoken for us this year. So we, at the beginning of the year, or the end of last year, God began to, to guide us to focus on being a community that blesses. And I began to seek the Lord about where, where our study would come from. And, and uh, the, the elders were in agreement that what we should do is teach the book of Acts. And so we got into the book of Acts, and we spent a year in the book of Acts. You'll remember that as we started that study, God spoke that, that the purpose of that book, that he wanted us to be aware. And I said it over and over again as we started it, and I've uh, repeated it numerous times over the last year, that God said that this study was timely and purposeful. And he said it in a way that made, grabbed my attention. I didn't know what God was doing. I didn't know this is where we would be today. But I knew that I needed to pay careful attention to the timing of this particular study and also the purpose that God had for us of what he was doing in our church. And so one of the things that we realized early on and spent the first half of the year talking about was what it meant to be a biblical community. And the book of Acts was a great study for us to go into because it was the church in its infancy, learning how to be surrendered to the Holy Spirit. The church literally not knowing what to do because 90% of the people were brand new believers. Thousands were being saved, but they knew nothing else than that there was something, there was a spirit living inside of them that brought their spirit to life. And now all of a sudden their desires were changing. And they were, they were determined to follow everything the Holy Spirit led them to do. And so the first half of the year, we started talking about that. And you guys have, have done such a great job, man, at, at getting into that. We talked about how, how the Lord would, was calling us to, to, to do community together. Uh, and, and it meant for us to, to be present, to be active uh, in, within the context of community. Be present meaning showing up. When community is together, being together, it meant being uh, selfless when we were in community together, being active in, in community together, to have a deeper intimacy with one another within the context of life groups and, and, a, and a, a deeper commitment to uh, some things within that context, the apostles' teaching and prayer and fellowship and the breaking of bread. More commitment to that and more intimacy involved in that and sharing of possessions and even to the point of selling things if we needed to in order to meet the needs of people in community with us. And I just want to applaud you on that because, man, as soon as we started speaking that, Satan raised his head. Y'all remember, as soon as we started teaching the book of Acts, we found out about uh, Bethany's can- Carrie Grace's cancer, Bethany's cancer, church flooded. And in the middle of all of that, you know, of course, what happens as soon as the church in Acts, as soon as we get in the book of Acts, we see immediately that, immediately that Satan tries to say that what the, what the Holy Spirit was doing in the apostles was that it was, they were drunk. And then over and over again throughout the study of the, of, of the book of Acts, Satan continues to try and thwart the work of the Holy Spirit and has no power to do it. And I want to applaud you that we have stayed the course, not by our own power, but by determining that we were going to walk in the Holy Spirit regardless of the attacks that the enemy would bring upon us. And he has brought many attacks this year. And praise God, we have two people free of cancer and we have a, a building coming back together and nobody cares about it, <laughs> you know. Other than we're just we're doing the best we can with what we got and it hasn't affected us in one way or another. We had some of the best worship we've ever had in the back, back room while this was torn apart, right? Y'all remember those days? All right, God was speaking. It was purposeful. It was timely. That, that flood was not by accident. You know, I, the, the, the cancer was not by accident. God allowed it. God had to put his uh, permission on that. And, 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 we're, and now we have the blessing of being able to see the power of God overcoming those things. And, and then in your life also, you know, just walking these things out. I've, I've watched you struggle to do community together because as each one of you have been more committed to what God is saying in your life, and you've been determined to obey him so you can know him, you've pressed into community rather than releasing you from community. Rather than taking more time off and not taking community too seriously, you've pushed into that. And, and God's blessed that, man. Our, our, our life groups have never been more close. Our people have never been closer to one another within the context of those groups, and, and our church has never felt more close. 
as a result of that. So thank you for that. We're deeper in fellowship, deeper in the biblical community. And our community has grown spiritually in the application of those, through the application of those truths. I see evidence that you've been more committed this year. More committed to, to what God's called us to do. That's good. That's, what, that's our purpose. It's what we've been doing. It's what we're, we've always been about. No changes there. All right? So the whole first half of the year was really no surprise. And I mean, when I got into the study on biblical community, I really felt like, uh, well, I was reading a book called um, something about community. Anyway, I was reading a book about community that the Lord put in, in my path through Bible Gateway. It was on the side when God started speaking community. It showed up, and there it was. And I thought, I'm going to get that book because it had a lot of well-known, old-school authors who were giving what the Lord had t- taught them about biblical community. And most of those things came out of the book of Acts. And I, I felt like the Lord was using that to say Acts is the book. But then the surprise came in the second half of the year. Right? But July 15th, all of a sudden, the first sermon comes up on multiplied community. And God starts speaking about us multiplying the community. This is different for us. It's not different in the sense that it's not consistent with our, our DNA. Well, not consistent with our vision. Maybe it's not in our DNA yet. But certainly as a part of the initial vision that God's given us. The elders, are, you know, when we talk about our distinctives, multiplication is one of our main distinctives. The Gavin Place West is the, is the first attempt at multiplication. This, whole, this church is a result of us taking that from the Lord, working through the struggles that we had. And by the way, it was a struggle. It took me, your pastor, two years to commit to starting this church, to breaking away and being the pastor of this church. God spoke two years before that, and I didn't even see myself in the picture as being a church planter. But God spoke that, and so here we are. This church is the result of that, of, of, of us struggling together and multiple times trying to keep the churches together and find a bigger location. And God would let us go all the way to the end of that so that we would see it's, it's not going to happen. I got another plan. Now, unfortunately for the rest of you, you had to go on that journey with me. I don't know if it was for you or just for me. Uh, I hope you got some benefit out of it, those that were here. But God did that for us, and he brought us to the end of that. And, 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 but now I'm ready. Man, now I'm ready for multiplication. And I hope you are too. It needs to be in our DNA. We need to accept that. It's a part of our DNA. So God started speaking that. July 15th, God began to show us that the Holy Spirit led this Holy Spirit committed community, this, this community that was, knew nothing else but to surrender themselves to the Holy Spirit. All of a sudden, God starts calling people out, and the church begins to send them out to multiply their distinctives in new locations. And God spoke clearly through that series, through the end of the second half of the book of Acts, that, that that's what the Holy Spirit does. The Holy Spirit uh, takes what the, the church takes what the Spirit gave them in the way of distinctives and begins to multiply it where the Spirit was leading them to go. It's obvious that it wasn't just some random teachings or a bunch of different ideas that they had. They were all together. They had everything together uh, their teaching was the same. The Holy Spirit was the one guiding it. And so everybody was committed to the Holy Spirit. And that's a principle here at the Gavin Place. We don't want you riding the coattail of the elders of the church or of your life group leader. We want you speaking, uh, spending time with the Lord and hearing from the Lord and finding out that this is what God has for you. Uh, if there's ever any doubt that we're leading one direction, you should know whether it's from the Lord or not because you're spending time with God. There wasn't anybody in this first church, uh, these people that were having their own experiences with the Holy Spirit. They were having their own experiences with the Holy Spirit, and that's significant. That's what kept them unified. So we're committed to that, and that always have been. But we, they took what the Spirit gave them, and they went where the Spirit led them. And, and a good example that we gave in the study of the book of Acts was, was Paul trying to figure out where the Holy Spirit was leading him to go. And he wants to go to Asia, and the Spirit would not allow it. And he wants to go to another location. And the Spirit hindered him or stopped him. And, and then he has a dream, and, and he concludes through the dream, this vision of a man crying out from Macedonia, that that's where he goes. He concludes that. He concludes that. That's the Spirit's leadership, and he goes. And so the Spirit's leading in the book of Acts, and we want that. We've always been that. Nothing's different here. We're asking the Holy Spirit, what do you want to do? 
We're, we're just wanting, we want to do whatever it is you're leading us to do. And so the same, the same thing uh, happened in the book of Acts. They also went when the Spirit led them to go. And, and went all over the place. And, and they went how the Spirit led them to go. So, and, and so as we're studying this, when this transition happens on July 15th, y'all still with me? Say, oh yeah. I see your little faces. So make sure I say I got your little minds. All right, listen. When that happened, simultaneously, literally, at the same time, God starts opening opportunities up for us. It doesn't take a genius to make this connection, right? We start talking about multiplied community without, the, without knowing ahead of time that that's where we were going. God starts showing me this, this, what's going on in the book of Acts. And at the same time, Honduras opens up. You know, we go to Honduras in July. And we end up going back in August because God spoke something while we were there in July and put the pieces together. Uh, Denver Springs opens up. Uh, we, get a, we get a call from Denver Springs with a friend asking for us to meet with elders to talk about helping a church there. We get a, a visitors from Leesville that come later on. Uh, we have some connections. I always have had connections in Natchitoches, but those things start getting hot all of a sudden. Everything starts falling into place. And then uh, it, my mother this summer uh, has an accident. Mom and dad have an accident. And then over his ICU, over in the ICU, uh, a friend comes by and Ask how my ministry's gone. We talk about Honduras that it just happened. He says, man, what about Romania? We need a church planter in Romania. A place where a couple of our members have already gone. Spent time there. And, and, and he's been there since 2002 and earned the right. And they, he said, we're looking for someone to plant churches there. We've been praying about that. I mean, all at the same time, God is doing this exact same thing. He's telling us uh, where to go. He's showing us that this is us. And so, you know, the more we began to look at the principles of multiplication in the book of Acts, God began to open my eyes to the reality that I would need to transition in the role that I have. And that my role would be Paul's role in church multiplication. Paul was going out and, and he, was, he was planting churches and he was encouraging churches and he was correcting churches and he was uh, uh, helping churches to be formed uh, more significantly and bringing the distinctives of the, of the church that the Holy Spirit had given them to make sure that people were still operating in that way, encouraging them. About the same time, man, God started recently giving me all these warnings of spiritual attacks that were coming. And that's happened. I can tell you, when I started thinking about myself as not being the, past, not being the preaching pastor and just spending my time here with you guys, and doing what I do and what I've gotten real comfortable doing, the first, the first attack was, in my, was to my comfort zone. I paid the price. I'm 58 years, 57 years old. And I'm at a place where I say paid the price. I mean, I didn't pay the price. I paid the price for my own problems. But, man, I'm blessed to be your pastor. I've told you that so many times. And, and so, man, staying here and continuing these relationships and, and doing this that we've, we've been doing together would be easy for me. And that was... The, the first challenge that came is that Satan was telling me lies that, that this would no longer be, uh, be good for us, so that I wouldn't be able to maintain relationships or be able to continue to, to be involved in your life. And it wasn't true for Paul. And Satan, uh, God countered that. And ultimately in the plan that God's opened up for us, we, Talitha and I still live here. We're still in this church. And, and at this point, we're still here every Sunday until God, tells, until God tells us to do something that takes us out on a Sunday morning. I'm still preaching some here on Sunday mornings. Will and I are working vision together with the rest of the elders. We're, we're trying to figure out, what, God, where do you want us to go? What direction? Where are we, where are we going this year? Uh, that's all still happening. I still get to see you guys at Hidden Grounds and, and at uh, Britons and at Harlow's and all over town. And we still get to disciple, be in discipleship together. I still get to go to life groups some. I mean, I, we're, nothing's changing in my relationship. And, and so that was a lie from the enemy to tell me that I was having to move outside of my comfort zone. I'm fixing to move into the, a new comfort zone. And, and you're included. We're all together in this, right? This is our call. And God's going to allow us to be able to share this time, share years together. I hope we never have to leave Pineville. We need to still be here and be, uh, you know, be together. And Paul went back to the church at Antioch that sent him out m multiple times. So... 
that fear, you know, God told me the attack was coming. It certainly was an attack, and God began to speak to that. I've got multiple pages of, of just things that God has been speaking to me that I've typed up for our elders so they would know how God's been dealing with me personally about this transition and the struggles that I've been having and how God has been speaking to that to say, no, I got this. It's good. <laughs> it's good. Uh, no, there was a fear of response of the people. You know, are the people going to step up where, to do the things that, that I'm not going to be able to do, the things that I don't have time to do? So, of course, certainly I know that Will's been more than willing. We've been working on that for years. He sh- shared that with you all last year. A couple of years we've been talking about Will being here, and God spoke that. But, but for you, and then God gave, gave me 28 people who, who, who spent a, an hour a week with me over a period of three or four months where God... God gave us that time together. You stepped up, and we were able to spend time making sure you understood how to give this away, to just keep people focused on abiding in Christ, blessing other people, and committing to community. And God took care of that fear. I'm I'm no longer afraid of that. I'm confident that those of you that have had that investment in your life felt called to be a part of that already, to, to make sure that continues in this body. Counting on that. And then the financial shift was a big issue for us, and God worked us related to that, not knowing how I, I was going to take care of my finances. Uh, Will shared last week that, that when he uh, graduated from college, he thought that he was going to be in full-time ministry, that that was vocational ministry. He is in full-time ministry, that he would be in full-time vocational ministry. Uh, well, I've been feeling since we started the Gathering Place West, those of you that were with us when we started know I thought by January of that year, I think we started in July maybe, January of that year, I thought I was going to be uh, in part-time ministry, that God was going to provide for me another way and that the church wouldn't have to support me at all financially. And that never happened. Uh, opportunities, doors closed, one door after another. Uh, and then this, this last year, I thought it was going to happen. And, and then, uh, and that was prior, just prior to all of this and, uh, you know, the position that, I was going to feel that it was the, the, the uh, can't say a lot about it, but it, it was going to happen. I was there. I was available and filled out the position, and the people wanted me to be there. And I'd already teaching in the, in the department at Louisiana College, and it closed uh, in a way that was out of everybody's control. And, and then all of a sudden, this starts happening in the summertime about multiplying. There's no way that I can do what I think the Lord's vision is for us to do in planting churches in multiple areas that he's already opened doors for and be full-time in another job. And so I expected to go part-time and God's making me go full-time where Will's expecting to go full-time and God's making him or telling him, you know, vocationally, you're going, you're going part-time. So all that happened, the financial aspects of that. So, I, you know, it was a struggle for us. I've got listed here for you, any of you that are interested I sent that to the elders, just words that, uh, you know, just trying to piece together what the Lord's been doing over the last few months regarding the financial aspects of this. And, and God spoke a, a clear word for us that, that I'm more, still working for the church. I'm, I am your missionary, your church planter. So this is, you, you are, nothing's changing for us financially. We're still supporting everybody. We've been supporting the same way. Just our job descriptions are changing. And it was a beautiful thing the way that God spoke that. And I left that in the hands of the elders because I didn't want to be a part of that aspect. Uh, but God certainly was speaking to me about that. Uh, so, and then also in the middle of that, as the elders began to pray about budget or about financial aspects, about what, where I received my salary, God also opened up this beautiful opportunity for us. Uh, he spoke through a passage that, that Will had uh, gotten out of, I think, 1 Kings or 2 Kings. And it spoke about the, the priests who had been taking the money that was supposed to be, uh, uh, it was a temple tax that was supposed to be used to, to pay for, for the temple, take care of the temple. Uh, and that they were using that money for personal needs instead of for the temple tax. But then they also, uh, and, and they were reprimanded for that, said don't do that anymore. Don't take any more of that money that's used for this, for, for the church, and uh, instead uh, just take the money that's designated for you. There's a, there was an amount that they got as a result of the, of the offerings, uh, the sacrifices, that they were to, to receive from, continue to receive from. So we already were starting to feel like God was leading us to do two different budgets. 
One that would take care of the church planting, which is, you know, we don't, we're not talking about a church building. We're talking about churches. We're talking about people coming together, gathering place churches, but about planting these churches that part of our money should be going to that and should be separate, and then another part of our money should be to continue the ministry local within the context of this church for the people in this church. And so God spoke that, and it was very clear. So we've been working on that. I'm trying to put those budgets together, but all that being what the Lord spoke. I know it's been difficult. That, you know, these things have been difficult for me and Talitha. We've been struggling. I want you to know this is not easy for us. Sometimes I, I don't realize that if you're not in the struggle with us, which very few of you are, that you don't know how much this, this has been a burden on us. And we appreciate your prayers and appreciate your supports, and you've been nothing but supportive in that. But we have had to struggle a lot. And, and God warned us of that. Satan was going to, that spiritual warfare was, was coming. I got a little paranoid there for a little while because everything was going so well. And then, uh, and then now I know what it was. We have felt that. And so, and God continues to speak to us. He continues to strengthen us about this, this vision for us. But I know it's been difficult for you as well. And let me just ask you, don't let it be a distraction from applying what God has told you, told us to be as a church. All I'm doing is applying, applying what God spoke through this study in the book of Acts. I'm applying it. Don't let this stop you from applying it. God spoke to this church this year. He had a purposeful study for us. It's timely. It's for now. Here's what the enemy would do. And I know he's attacking you because he's attacking me. I'm not alone. I know he hates this work. He hates where, where, he's, where God is fixing to lead us. He probably has a little glimpse of what God's fixing to do, bigger, better glimpse than probably we do, and Satan hates it, and he's trying to destroy it. So what he'll do is he'll get you thinking about the wrong things. He'll start getting you thinking about yourself and about what you want, just like he did me, and, and start working out of fear and anxiety and worry instead of working out of faith and in obedience to the things that God's already spoken. He's told us what to do. Do your ABCs. Abide in Christ. Bless people. Matter of fact, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to declare February as feast, uh, February feast. Matter of fact, you can call it February feast bleh. B-L-E. Begin with prayer. Listen to somebody and eat with them. February feast. Just eat with somebody in February, okay? You know, we talk about blessing all the time, but you got to do something, right? So February is February feast. Go find somebody and eat with them, all right? But you can't get to the E until you go through the, the B and the L, okay? So eating with them means that you're listening to them. You're, you're spending time with somebody that's either lost or wondering. So February feast, everybody mark it down. Sometime in February, I don't care, you know, just do it with one person. That's a start, right? You're going to see how easy this is. And God, once you begin to spend time eating with somebody who's, who needs the church, who needs the Lord, then these other doors will start opening up. But, but we, you know what to do. Abide in Christ, bless, and still commit to community. But there are words that God's given us about being the church and, and the, the thing that we've been neglecting the most, I think, is getting outside of ourselves. Will and I talked about that already. He mentioned it last week about how some, you know, God's giving us kind of a vision for this next year about words that you need to hear, that we need to hear as a church. And it means getting out of our comfort zones. I'm not the only one at the church, and I'm, and I'm not saying that I am, but I'm giving a testimony today of my life. It's not just me that needs to get out of my comfort zone and and it needs to risk something. You know, we, we came up with a plan this past week. We talked about how, uh, you know, uh, one of the life groups was just being very transparent about how difficult it is to invite people into that community because it's so close-knit. You don't want to mess anything up. I get that. So, okay. But <laughs> have another night at your house. And start inviting people to your house. Get the lost and wandering to come to your house. Uh, you know, there, there, there are people all around you. And when someone says, hey, I'm having a hard time with, uh, you know, the list of things that the church constantly telling me to do, then you can say, hey, man, I've had the same thing. We ought to get together and eat dinner once a week and go through this book that I got called 
the secret of grace. And read it with them. You know, it's going to be more of your time, but it's going to be so fulfilling. That's doing something with what you've heard. Okay? Our, some of you have three or four people that are not in anybody's church, or they're in multiple churches, but they don't have intimacy with anybody. Invite them into your home. Start another night. Well, Glenn, I don't want to do another night. I, okay, I get that. Okay, but let's be honest about where we are. As a church, that's where a lot of us are. Is we're at the point we don't want to give more, and, and we don't want to spend the extra time that we need to spend. And we've got to at some point get it out of our heads and into our lifestyle if it's going to have the effect that God told us to have this year, this year. Be a community that blesses. We've done good about figuring out what biblical community is, but now we've got to get outside and start blessing the world. The world is dying for what we have. And we're sitting here hovering and, and, and huddling up together and enjoying it and feasting. And You know, I just picture us as just, a, just at a feast together, having the best time, and there's starving people outside waiting. And I know what Jesus would do about that because he gave us the parable. Go to the hedges. Go out, find those people, and bring them in. Y'all with me? Okay, I know this is, uh, that this is the hard word of today's message. This is the hard word, but we've got to do it. It's time. Every, nobody's exempt from this. We're, we've got to start doing what God's told us to do. This is what the gathering place is. If not, we're not being the gathering place. We're not being what God's called us to do. It's interesting that, uh, you know, as I was reading this and thinking about challenging you to do your part and allowing God to make you a community that blesses, I went back to the first, the first verses of the book of Acts, and I want to show these to you. It should be no surprise to us what God has spoken, uh, or spoken that, that, uh, that he wants us to be out, to get outside and to bless, bless the community. Look at what he says in Acts chapter 1, verses 1 through 9. In the first book, O Theophilus, I've dealt with all that Jesus began to do and teach. That was the book of Luke, okay? Until the day that he was taken up, after he had given commands through the Holy Spirit to the apostles whom he had chosen. He presented himself alive to them after his suffering by many proofs, appearing to them during the 40 days and speaking about the kingdom of God. This is where we started our study, talking about how God's given us many proofs that he's with us. Then verse 4, and while staying with them, he ordered them not to depart from Jerusalem, but to wait for the promise of the Father, which he said, you heard from me, for John baptized with water, but you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. So he's talking about the gift of the Holy Spirit. In verse 6, so when they came together, when they had come together, he asked him, they asked him, Lord, will you at this time restore the kingdom to Israel? He said to them, it's not for you to know times or seasons that the Father has fixed by his own authority. But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. And what? And you will be my witnesses. In Jerusalem, and in all Judea, and Samaria, and to the end of the earth. And when he said these things as they were looking on, he was lifted up, and a cloud took him out of their sight. We shouldn't be surprised. I should have known this was coming, this multiplication aspect. I should have known that, that God was going to be sending us out to Judea and Samaria, the uttermost parts of the earth. And so, so here's, the, here's the challenge that we should have received from the book of Acts. And it certainly is consistent with everything we've said in our study in the book of Acts. Number one, our role is to continue to give and grow in our giving to the ministry of this church. Our role together is to continue to give, give of our time, give of our money, and to grow in our giving of time and money and resources to this work that God's called us to. It is our role. He, he says that the Holy Spirit will come upon you and you will be my witnesses. That's it. We're out. That's our goal. That's our life. That's our role. Your role. Do your ABCs. Live out loud in this community. Live together in community in a way that draws people in. That's your role in this community. This is Jerusalem. Okay, this is you. Pray for the Holy Spirit to help you to be more intentional. Bless everyone. B-L-E-S-S. -S, bless everyone. Be more intentional. Pray for the Holy Spirit to multiply the church through our work in, in this community. But also, pray for 
our work in other communities. God's opened all these doors. Pray for that. Be a part of that. Be a part of that in your giving. Be a part of that in the time that you spend. Some of you, uh, if the Lord leads you, we need you to be a part of that by helping us in some of these areas. The most significant thing that happened in Russ, and one of the most significant things is when Levi and Ashley felt called to go up there, and they went up, and all of a sudden they have a whole list of new stories that were not mine and Talitha's stories to be able to say, this is, this is real. You know, and then Hal and Hannah and, and Kobe and Carly, different ones have come up and shared their testimonies. It makes all the difference in the world. We need to do that in this community, and we need to do it in other communities. And then our role, Talitha and my role, was, you know, our role in far, as far as ministry of this church in response to this is, is to start going out to Judea, Samaria, the other, uttermost parts of the earth. And God's already opened those doors. We need to, our ministry is a ministry, is Paul's ministry. It's a ministry of correcting and, and, and planting and starting and bringing the message of Christ to, to other places, evangelizing and, and encouraging and all the things that Paul was doing, God's called us to do. And to do that from this place while we, connect our, while we keep our connection with the sending church. All right, and so, so that's it. That's our vision. That's, that's where we've been and where we are. And man, it, what a great place for us to be. I hope that you can, can see that and embrace that, that. That we need you to not back off in the least, but to push forward, to, to be confident that God's called you to be a part of this ministry and not pull back when things are... When Satan starts attacking, and trust me, this will be the week. If he hadn't hit you yet, he's going to hit you. We've had to help a few people work through some of the issues of the things that they're facing. And I, we're more than, welcome, more than happy to help you with that. But we need you to press in. Don't pull back. Don't, don't back off at all. We need to step forward. We need to, in the face of the enemy, just say, you're not going to have this church. We're going to be about the work God's called us to do. And I had the blessing this last weekend to go to Honduras. And we now have 10 pastors in Honduras that are gathering place pastors. And I can't tell you how, how meaningful that was. The Holy Spirit was more present in that last Saturday in that day of meeting. We started at 8 in the morning. We finished at 8 at night. And all day long, man, just testimonies that were coming out of these pastors were just blowing my mind. I get goosebumps just thinking about it right now. I mean, that, that things that I, I, didn't, I never know if I'm connecting because when I speak, I've got to wait for a translator to speak, and then I'm looking for a response. And it's just kind of weird. You know, I don't know if you've ever spoken to a translator, but, but they started sharing testimonies, and those were clear. And, and, and they were, man, we're so thankful that you have come and brought this message. This is what we've been looking for. This changes my whole perspective. Uh, I, I never understood these truths. Thank you for teaching us that. Please come back and teach us again. Uh, you know, they were just, God's just all over that. And when we handed them their little gathering place Honduras shirts and they put those T-shirts on with their symbol on with the, their, in their language, our symbol, their language, and they embraced that, man, it was like heaven just happened. And all, we got 10 pastors last week. Okay, so I don't know what we're going to get next week, but that's a pretty good week. <laughs> Ten churches that God's given us responsibility for. I mean, I love that. I can't wait to pray and see what the Lord wants us to do in response to that. I met with uh, John Reed from First Baptist Lafayette, who was the guy that got us into Romania, and he, they paid our, they're paying our way, they're paying my way, and bringing me to Romania to go and look at the ground there and get with the people and spend a week in, in Romania during the week of Mardi Gras. I don't know what all the Lord's going to do there, but I know what God spoke there. I can't wait to come back and say, church, guess what? <laughs> Here's what God's doing in Romania over and over again and, and all these other places. It's your ministry. It's our ministry expanding into another location. Uh, so I hope that you embrace that. I hope that you get behind that. You feel what I'm feeling related, related to that. All right. Now logistics. We have two budgets. Now, we have decreased the budget uh, for the Gathering Place West by $51,000 and some of the changes that we've made to, to uh, put money into a new budget that's for church planting. And the church planting budget, my salary is in that budget. And this year, the Gathering Place is going to be responsible for that. 
Next year, I don't know what you're going to be responsible for, but here's, where, here's the beauty of where we are right now as a church. This is, this is a goal that we've had since the Galvin Place started, is that our church would, would be spending 50% of what we take in outside of taking care of our own needs within the context of the church. So not about you, but about people outside. This year, after this transition, and putting my salary into that budget and putting all the other salaries into that budget and just paying one sum into the Gavin Place Network, we're going we're gonna to be at, 50, at 49 point, I forget how much, but very close, 49 point something, almost 50% of our budget. Which means when I go to the gathering place for Ruston, I can say this has always been a goal of ours in the gathering place was to, to, go to, to start a church with 50% giving to missions and out, to ministry outside. So let's consider what do you see for ministry in the community, okay? How much do we think that's going to cost? And then how much do we want to put into planting churches, gathering place churches in other places? You've been the beneficiary of that. Now you give to it. We've already got a, a significant commitment from our, our small Rustin church to give to the Gavin Place Network and to take up my expenses for the ministry in, in Rustin. So, so that gets taken out of our budget, out of the Gavin Place West budget. Now eventually, I don't know how many churches we have, but what we're going to do as a church, the reason why we separate the budgets is we're going to say the Gavin Place is the example. Gavin Place West is the example of what we're doing uh, from now on. That every gathering place, uh, some of you are familiar with the cooperative program. We give to the cooperative program as a church. Okay, that's separate from the, the network. That, that's the gathering place west supporting missions through Southern Baptists around the world. Okay, we give that. This is kind of like our own get, uh, cooperative program. It is supporting churches, church planting of churches that are going to be like-minded, follow the same distinctives, be like the Church of Acts being multiplied in multiple communities. And we're going to have the opportunity to, be able to speak these distinctives, teach people. And then if it's like Honduras, has someone on the ground there that will continue to multiply those churches. Teaching the same distinctives that God gave us. Uh, so all those churches, you know, obviously not the Honduran churches. They don't even have money to pay their pastors. But churches will be giving into the network to, to continue to plant more churches. So... Rustin's going to share that with us this year. I don't know that we will have another church this year that will share that. We've invited uh, Gavin Place Wardville to do that, but we invited them after they'd already done their budget. I don't know what they're going to do. They're praying about that. Their elders are meeting about that. But they will also, at some point, make a decision about how much they want to support church planting of Gavin Place churches. Um, and so, you know, this year... That my salary is always flexible, by the way. Some of you knew that, some of you don't. My, my salary is not, is the last thing that gets paid uh, in, the, in the form. We pay our missionaries first. Uh, we pay, you know, it's not the last thing. We're, we're probably not going to pay the trash bill until my salary gets paid. But it, it's the last, it's one of the last things that gets paid. My salary is always up in the air. Uh, we communicate regularly about where we are financially as a church. And, and so if you have any questions, though, about that, feel free to ask us. Okay, and particularly if it, if it hinders you in any way, if you think that there's something not right about that, uh, then please talk to us about that so we can give you a clearer picture of what's going on with the, the money that you're investing in our ministry. Okay, uh, so, so two different budgets. Budget here will be decreased, uh, but, the, the, and the, but we will have more than I mean, 77,000, I think it is, of the church budget is going to go into the network. And then... Uh, but that budget already this year is projected to be, we're projecting that that budget for just the network is going to be over 100000 All right, so that means 30-some-odd thousand dollars is coming from somewhere else. All right, and there are already people that support us financially, support us as the gathering place that are not members of our church. So uh, significant support comes from people that are not members of our church anymore. Uh, so uh, just know... You, you need to own that and be a part of that. But if you have any questions about that, uh, feel free to ask those, okay? Does that make sense? All right, so let's, let's stop for a little bit and let's, let's get into the community aspect of this. I know it's, I've, I've taken a lot of time, but I wanted you to hear all that. feel like it was from the Lord. But what kind of questions do you have about things that you've heard or uh, 
budgets or Will and I. By the way, uh, Will's going to have to Will's going to have to flesh out what it's like to preach sermons that are consistent with our distinctives. Okay. Trust me, he doesn't even know this. I haven't said this to him, but I'm telling you, he's going to have to figure out how to do that. Uh, Bill McCullen right now is, is, feels like God's telling him to go to, a, to an interim pastor. He's been a pastor for 22 years, been preaching for 22 years. He was scared to death to preach here because it's, he's, it's a whole new way of thinking and preaching. Now, Will's been in it a lot longer than Bill has, all right? Things that Will's been preaching have been fantastic, awesome. But you, please go to Will if you have any questions about if you think that Will's preaching anything that's not consistent with the things that the Gavin Places believe through the years, go to him. He is very approachable, okay? So if you ever have any questions about that, go to him. You've been great about doing that with me, okay? And I, I, I appreciate that. I will explain to you where I'm coming from. We want you to feel confident that the words that we have for the church are from, from the Lord, okay? But what, what kind of questions do you have? Have I left some... Concerns? Anybody? All right. Here's here's. I'm gonna share. I'm gonna just be open. Okay. Mm. I, I can cut this out later if it doesn't sound right at the end. Uh, I just want to tell you what. What I want to share some things that I think some of you have been thinking. Okay. Now, I might be putting some, I'm going to do this carefully and prayerfully. I don't want to put ideas in your mind that aren't there. Um, here's, here's a concern that I have. A concern that I have is that you're not going to ask your questions. You know, I've, I've learned this in seminary. One of, the, one of the things in seminary I really got something out of. That, no, I got a lot out of there. I'm just kidding. That was a joke. N-O-B-T-S. Yay. Shout out. Uh, but they always told us that people are not going to vote. They, they might uh, vote with their, they're not really not voting with their hands, you know, raising their hands to vote. They're voting with their, their wallets. They're voting with their commitment, okay? So don't, don't go sneaking out of here and bring your wallet with you, okay? Or bring your tithes and, your, and bring your gifts and your talents and all the things that God has planned for you to be. Don't sneak out of here. Ask your questions. Okay, you might not feel comfortable asking it now. It's okay. Ask me later. But don't show us. You're not showing us anything by walking out. Okay? Because here's the thing. We don't need your money. We don't need your time. We don't need your talents to do what God's called us to do. God has used the weakest people in the whole, in the whole world in every time in the Bible. And if they're strong, he weakens them so he can use them. Okay? I don't mean that in a negative way. I just mean, let's talk about it. You're, gonna, you're the one that's going to be missing out on the blessing if you don't stick with us. And move into this if God's called you to be here. So don't vote by not showing up is my point. Okay. I probably didn't need to say that, but I did. Got it off my chest. What questions? Yes, sir. Well, thank you for that, Russ. Feels kind of weird coming out of your mouth. <laughs> so it feels weird to hear the compliment coming out. I mean, a support coming out of your mouth. I'm just kidding. You're always the one shouting from the back, <laughs> amen at the wrong time. <laughs> he does work in mysterious ways. Thank you for that, Russ. I really do appreciate it, man. That's, um, thank you. All right. Anybody else have a word or question? All right. So here's the deal. We have a week uh, where I'm going to be around town all week long. So if you have other questions and you'd like to meet with me or uh, Will or whatever, I'm also going to try to make life groups this week that I didn't make last week uh, just to be able to do it in the comfort of your life group and be able to address that in a more intimate setting. I know this is a weird setting to be able to ask questions, but... um, but it, please ask me any questions that you want to ask me about this stuff, okay? I'm, I, am, I really believe this. <laughs> From the things the Lord has been doing, saying to encourage me, I really believe I'm more concerned than I need to be about you. 
Okay, so if you have concerns, though, please feel free to ask. All right. Okay, well, um, we're going to pray. So let's pray. We'll do that first, and then we'll make our announcements. Father, I'm just uh, standing in awe of you. Lord, you are, are so wise and, Lord, so patient with us and so faithful, God, to speak and guide and lead. Lord, I just thank you for these people that you've called to be a part of our church and others that are not able to be here today, God, but are equally committed. I just thank you, Lord, that you've called together a group of people in this three-year time period that will move your church forward in in this town. And, uh, Father, I just pray for each one of them that the challenge today to step forward would would find its way in, not only in their hearts, but God would find its way in their lifestyle that each person would begin to think about uh, who it is, God, that they need to invite into this community and give them wisdom and uh, strategies on how to do that that would be consistent with their own uh, personalities and makeup and those relationships that you're forming and, and also consistent with what you've called us to be. I pray for many encounters like that, God. We know that this town desperately needs a word from you. We can't step back. We need to step forward. So use everyone here, God. Continue to grow our numbers here. And Father, as we move out into the, the, the world outside of this local congregation, God, I pray also just for continued wisdom, continued support. Lord, that as people are seeking you and abiding in you, that that they would uh, would find you, Lord, sharing with them personally your words of affirmation of this ministry, multiplication. Thank you for this year and all that it's meant to us. Lord, thank you for uh, just for not giving up on us and and for using small things uh, to be able to reveal your glory. We embrace that. We love you. In Jesus' name, amen.